Welcome to Engage Your Tribe, a podcast about the art and science of audience engagement. I'm Jeremy Shear, and my guest is Kathleen Lee Lewarchik, VP of Marketing at X-Engage, a digital commerce success company. Kathleen, it's great to have you on the show. Hi, Jeremy. It's great to be here. Super excited to be on your show. Thanks for asking me. You're very welcome. So tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and your role at, at X-Engage. Sure. Over the course of 25 plus years, I've had a lot of experience in marketing and general management. And through that career progression, I've worked with B2C, B2B, digital, big brands like Purell Hand Sanitizer, as well as American Greetings. And most recently, I'm in a role as a vice president of marketing for a digital services company. We do everything from e-commerce content and commerce integrations to big integrations for digital transformations like ERP integrations, PIMS and DAMs, a lot, a lot of letters, but (laughs) we do a wide variety of things to help you stand up your digital business. Okay. Very cool. So now when we spoke a few weeks ago, you said that for any company undertaking a digital transformation, and that's a lot of companies out there, it's really important for marketing to have a seat at the table from the start. So why is that? Yes. Well, let's first talk about what a digital transformation is. I'm sure many of your audience members know that, but just as a refresher and for people who might not be as familiar, when I think about a digital transformation, I think about it in sort of an ecosystem capacity. It's really collecting data and information and harnessing it within your organization to optimize efficiencies, and quite honestly, to improve experiences. So that could be everything from the complete value chain in B2B, every digital touch point, through to how a customer makes his or her way through a customer journey, and all the steps and processes that are needed to integrate it effectively. So why would a marketer need a seat at the table? I get that question a lot. And the reason, in my opinion, is quite simply ROI. Marketing historically, in my opinion, has been viewed more as a cost expense side of the equation. Mm -hmm. But when you plug marketing in at the beginning, you really start to look at how can marketing be your ally for revenue expansion? So there's a couple of reasons why. Marketing, as the front end of the digital transformation, can provide you with insights around new markets and new segments, but also why customers are doing what they're doing performing or not performing. And that intel is really important at all stages of the digital transformation. And starting with a seat at the table, it will bring to light some information that a lot of executives making digital transformation decisions aren't always thinking about. Okay. So, and I think you sort of started to answer my next question, which is, if you're if you know you're a marketing leader and you don't already have a seat at the table, how do you make that business case? And I mean, I think the the one word there is ROI. I mean, that's the case, right? Give us a seat at the table, and we're going to contribute to the bottom line rather than detract from it. That's right. And I always encourage people to think like the CFO. Hmm. Listen, we're all CFOs if you think about it. We run our own business, which is called our home and our life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you would never say to your significant other, hey, let's do this outlandish idea. And sometimes I think marketers get confused with that sort of innovative thinking that doesn't necessarily have payback. But if you think like the CFO does in a company or a corporation, you think about the terms of, well, will there be a payout? 
What are the metrics? Can they be looked at over time? Can you show how this investment, this dollar that I'm putting toward any activity is going to return a higher yield than if I had not placed it into marketing? This is always the difficult part, right? Because we can't always, as marketers, show a linear relationship when it comes to the uh, results of our work. Some of it is very top of funnel. And yet at the same time, too, there are measurements and metrics in place. And if you think like a CFO and can present that evidence to your organization, there'll be a lot more heads nodded saying, yeah, so-and-so needs a seat at the table. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it seems like one of the the best ways to demonstrate ROI, if you're a marketer, is to partner closely with sales. And it just just shortens that process, right? I mean, you you can use data to measure how you're engaging and then feed leads into sales or sales can, can feed leads to you. And I mean, it, it's, it seems like often that doesn't happen, but it really should. I mean, like the seat at the table, you probably want to be sitting next to sales most of the time, I think. Most of the time. Right. And we often talk about on shows like this, you know, the importance of sales and marketing alignment, but I would say it's a slightly broader view too. I would say I'd make buddies with sales operations, finance people, Mm -hmm. and quite honestly, analytics, that combination is really strong to be able to tell the story of what your customers are doing and where the opportunities lie. At the end of the day, so often salespeople are doing a huge majority of their work looking for new opportunities, but they're also servicing existing business. And we can't forget the fact that once you've already penetrated that customer, you should be able to come back and upsell, cross-sell, look at different ways. And that's where marketing insights can really help. Yeah, no doubt. So so what's really at stake here? What can happen when a company begins a digital transformation and marketing is not at the table? Right. You know, I've seen this, Jeremy, in some of the examples I've had with some of my clients where not inserting marketing at the front end really loses what I'd call the voice of the customer. I think as marketers, we're pretty familiar with that, but it could be everything from, you know, we want the project to go this direction and we perceive what we think is going to happen versus let's check in with those customers and find out what they really want out of a digital transformation. Yeah, I don't mean to suggest that your customers should drive your entire digital transformation, but absent of insights or important milestones within how is this digital transformation going to benefit your end user customer, it's really important to know that information and have that continuous pulse through research, through analytics, and other ways throughout the course of your digital transformation. And and then it just goes to say that digital transformation isn't a one and done. A lot of times people stand something up and it's like opening a new store and we're ready for business, but you always have to go back and tweak it and make sure that it's right. And that continuous voice of the customer, in my opinion, is what you're missing if you don't bring marketing in early. Yeah. It, it seems hard to fathom how you can succeed as a business if you don't really understand your customers and what they need and I mean, isn't that what marketing does or ought to do? I mean, it's the whole reason you do marketing to, to, to be able to tell you who are these people we're trying to sell to? What do they care about? Right. I could have said it better, Jeremy. I think that, you know, as the champion of the customer, marketing's job is to find those insights, those important pieces of information. What are the buying patterns? How often um, are they growing? Are they declining? If if so, why? And to bring that to bear so that in a digital transformation, as you serve up use cases, you can quickly say, you know, here's how my 
typical customer buys. I've looked through the customer journey and I've mapped different ways that they come to us through us and beyond us. And I'm, I'm willing to bet that if we invest in this space, we'll get a better return on investment. Yeah. And I mean, I think too, tell me what you think that a digital transformation that can often be kind of a, a nice or neutral way of saying massively changing how we do business and market and all that stuff. In other words, disruption, which can cause like a lot of turmoil inside a company. And, you know, I've certainly had experiences where the company spends a lot of money and time and, and kind of forces you to go through a lot of training on some new platform or whatever. And you're like, okay, I don't totally understand why we're doing this, but I guess you're, you're telling me I'll do it. And then you do it and then nothing ever happens or it just bombs, you know, like that's such a bad look and costs not just money, but morale and all that stuff. So it, it seems like to make the best choices and to give people a real sense of why are we transforming in this way? It needs to always come back to the very simple kind of algorithm of this is going to help our help us sell more stuff. This is going to help us engage with our customers. Like that's really what it has to all be about, right? It that is so well said. And quite honestly, the other massive piece of it is cost savings. So in a digital transformation, when we set out objectives at our company, we talk very candidly up front is this a measure for you to drive revenue? What is the benefit that your company is going to accrue? And if the benefit is around increased sales, better performance, that is a wonderful goal to have. But often quickly we find that, you know, creating more efficiencies, there's cost savings that are hidden in there. And because of blockage that are occurring when systems aren't well connected or process is not optimized, then quickly people say, oh, wow, the other benefit is, hey, maybe I can have my customer self-service. So a 24-7 opportunity through a website, for instance, to ask questions, to download what we call a material safety data sheet at five in the morning before I start my regular day that I don't have to tie up my customer service lines. And so quickly companies start to get to, oh, the digital transformation, although that can seem scary at the onset, with looking at the pieces and change management, and the process, and the people, suddenly we come to a place where we're better because we've, like you said, Jeremy, created better revenue. But in some cases, we've also saved ourselves a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Okay. So shifting gears a little bit here, you guys launched a podcast back in August. It's called B2B Bits and Bytes. So first of all, very cool that you guys did that as a podcast guy. Always love to see that. Thank you. So What's the show about and what are your goals for it? Yeah, so we're at season two, just getting ready to plan season three. And we just did a best of the best highlights in an episode 11, season two. The whole gist of the show is we're helping in the B2B space particular, not that B2C isn't important, but there's this great opportunity to help companies, whether you're a distributor, manufacturer, or in that B2B space as a supplier, helping that whole group of people to move their business further through a digital transformation. In particular, we concentrate on the commerce side. So how do you transact large e-procurement business sales through those channels? You might be a couple hundred million dollar business. You might be a couple billion dollar business, but all those transactions coming together need to be meaningful. It has to be a good experience. 
And we help companies through that. And B2B Bits and Bytes, the podcast, not only talks about tips and tools, but it also gives you a little bit of flavor. So we talk about the other bits and bytes, which are food and drink. Oh, nice. Okay. So it sounds like this is an opportunity for you guys to show your personalities a little bit, to create community, connect with your connect with your audience in a different way. Absolutely. I think um, we often have people say to us, gosh, you know a lot more about B2B than perhaps we thought. And in addition, I know you're focused on digital commerce, but there's a lot to be learned. I'd just like to record this conversation. So we kind of looked at each other and said, not only can we help our clients and potential clients, you know, understand and we can share the knowledge, but we can also start to create a community because we've had some people contact us that say, hey, I, I want to know more about this, but I also want to hear more from one of your guests who were on the show. And is there a way for me to connect with him or her? So it's starting the, the early stages of a community and build that out and help B2B people that are in the business support one another. Mm -hmm. We were talking about ROI before. So let me ask, how do you measure the ROI of the podcast? Ah, that's an excellent question. So there's a couple of different ways. You know, we look at it both in terms of the sheer metrics, the numbers of listeners, the way that we get attraction to our website and through our owned media. But quite honestly, when we look at conversations like this, we think they are spawned because people have heard us on our um, broadcast, on our podcast, and have said, there's something here that we need to know more about. So there's a influencer network as well that we also measure indirectly too. But they, the point of it is to make sure that we're looking at both the hard metrics and some soft metrics, and at the end of the day, get their word out. Okay, very cool. So what would be your advice if, if a, marketing, a marketing professional approached you and said, yeah, you know, we're, we're thinking about doing a podcast, should we do it? What would be your advice? You know, I do love having started a podcast, and I too had a little bit of concern, like, is this time right for us? Is this the right space? Do we have a point of view that's worth sharing? I would say there's never a wrong time, but sort of do your homework. Understand what are you bringing to the table? What is the message that you want to continuously share? And maybe how is your point of view slightly different? What I love about this show is you've engaged people who are in this field and are looking for answers. And there's a high need for that. So we sort of did our homework and said, what would the market be? Who would be listening? Who would be our chief target? And who would they want to um, go to when they need expertise? And the answer was us. And so at the end of the day, I thought, you know, this is a good uh, venue for us to explore. And it has turned out to be better than we ever planned. So, you know, get your feet wet. Do your research at the same time to test and learn. Yeah, love it. I mean, it's all about the audience. Start with your audience yep. and work backwards from there. Love to hear exactly. that. Love to hear that. Well, Kathleen, thank you so much for a wonderful interview. Great discussion. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you so much. Have a great day. That's it for this episode of Engage Your Tribe. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. You know you want to. If you're a marketer or an internal communicator and you're interested in podcasting, we've got tons of free resources on the website at tribknowledge.com. That's T-R-I-B knowledge.com. Thanks for listening and staying engaged.